Welcome to the Tour Bus Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, the Tour Bus Driver. Today we're back with part two of our interview with Jacob Evergreen. Uh, again, Jacob is just a, you know, for being such a young kid, he's an incredible talent and has uh, just great wisdom to share. Uh, so I hope you'll tune in and listen. We're going to dig into a little bit more about uh, his career out in L.A. as a guitar player. Without further ado, here we go. Hey, there's this racial tour. They're going to be um, like playing arenas, uh, opening for pentatonics. You get to play Madison Square Garden. My friends that can't shred cannot sub for me on Jesse because he wants someone that can shred. Like you have to be able to play acoustic guitar. Like some people can't play acoustic guitar very well. Like they don't have a good touch on acoustic. Being able to learn parts exactly as they are, like not just kinda, and also not half-assing stuff. If you show up and you're not playing the thing that they sent you, they're like, what the f***? Sometimes they don't give you two weeks to practice it. Sometimes they send it to you like day of, or they play it for you over the loudspeakers at rehearsal. And you have to literally chart the song in rehearsal because the artist wants to do something last minute. You have to have all this stuff in your back pocket. But um, yeah, man, I, I think that I learned a lot of things. Actually, my first, a funny little anecdote, anecdotal yes. story of like how my first gig was um, that playing with this girl named Maddie Noise, and it was for an acoustic promo tour. I didn't know any of this, but basically, I got like a text from while I was working at the coffee shop, and it was like during my break. I like responded to this. I got a manager, like a manager got my number, and basically just texted me and said, "Hey, I." need a guitar player, but I need them like available ASAP. Like tomorrow we're doing the showcase at, um, what's the studio village recorder, the Re- village recorder, which is a pretty huge studio out here. Okay. Like very legendary. Um, and we need someone to play acoustic on this, like one song that's like their, her single. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, when can I meet up with you? They're like, how about you just like come by tonight? We're, going to like an art show in Hollywood. (laughs) So bring your acoustic guitar and learn the song and like be here by seven. And my shift was over at six and I literally had time to like go get my acoustic guitar and drive there and learn the song while uh, in the car. Like I never even got to actually play the song until I was in front of them because it was so short notice and it was... I, whatever, ear training came in handy and I learned the whole thing on the way there and literally played it and they, I played like 30 seconds of it. They're like, perfect. All right. Um, you're going to be playing tomorrow and there's a three week acoustic promo tour that we also need you for. Is that going to work for you? And I was like, uh, yeah, totally. And I quit my job at the coffee shop the next day. (laughs) What were they going to do? What were they going to do if you showed up and couldn't play at all? I mean, you know, they were taking a risk. Yeah. For sure, but also that's what they get for not planning ahead. I don't know. <laughs> like that's, but that's LA, man. Yeah. Like so many people are like, they either stuff falls through mm-hmm. and then they need someone super last minute. Like that's how I started playing so many things. Like I started playing at the church that I play at now because my friend needed a sub on Saturday night. And um, I literally started playing at the church, like in Anaheim the next day. And I got like, honestly, a bunch of gigs from playing at that church and same 
with the church that um the radius church like i got a bunch of gigs from yeah. playing there just like the musicians in la like they're all playing church gigs and they're all like pros and they're all doing other gigs during the week and they're like if you do a great job at your church gig this guy might give your number to yeah. someone that's just how it works man like any gig that you're playing you need to be showing up and killing it honestly and then and making a good impression you know otherwise you're uh you know, everyone's just going to be like, oh, that one guy that plays that way. Yeah, yeah, Let's don't call him. place, you know what yeah. I mean? Let's not call him. Like, they, you just got to give it off a good vibe, you know? Yeah, and yeah, in, the, um, in the business world, you know, and I know it's not really a business world thing, but the, the idea that you're always interviewing, you know. That, yeah, uh, uh, precisely. You know, and, and I think I said it on another, another episode, but it's like the, you know, you're getting the gigs you're getting now because of decisions you made years ago. You know, and, and you know, yeah. you're able to all of a sudden use stuff that you maybe had tucked away or the ear training or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, but absolutely. And, and man, you're like the, if we've had, if I've recorded 10 of these podcasts by now, you're the 10th guy in a row that said, I got the call the night before and I had to show up and be ready, you know, that mm-hmm. night or the next day or whatever. So it's like, man, you just mm-hmm. have to, you got to have all that stuff done you know your 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 skills your your chops you know that that needs to be the the last thing you worry about when you're getting the call to to go audition then you're like you need to be researching who you're going to meet and and figuring out you know what kind of vibe you're gonna put off or you know what what you're trying to get Mm -hmm. out of it you know what you want for you you Mm -hmm. can't think about all that if you're scrambling to to learn how to play you know, right. Exactly. Or learn how to play oh, a you style. You need it to be second yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you shouldn't like be too hard on yourself if you're going out for an audition for some kind of style of music that you've never played and expect like that you, you should get it and then you don't get it. It's like, come on, sure. like, you need, you, you know, it's like if you don't play pop music, like if all you do is play shreddy stuff and you show up to a gig and like ah pop music is easy all you have to do is play this one chord it's like guess what your ivanez with those pedals can't will not sound good playing that one chord it will sound really bad right you know it so it's like you need to do research on the equipment that you need for that gig you need to do research on the tone that you need you need to do research on the chord vocabulary just like whatever like even just like the guitar has like seven ways to play one note. You need to figure out which one of the, you should, which place to put your finger on the guitar. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like every single thing counts. Every single thing counts. You should know if you're supposed to do upstrokes in this style rather than downstrokes. Right. You know, it's like every single tiny minute thing is huge. So I don't know. It's all about the subtle subtleties. You yeah. Know? And I didn't have anything. I I'm still learning about subtleties, yeah. man. I mean, that's everything. Nuance is everything in music. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the, that's the vibe that you give off. You know, if, if you give off like an uncomfortable, unfamiliar vibe while you're playing, everyone's going to feel uncomfortable while they're listening to you yep. because you aren't even comfortable playing, you know? So you need to like basic, if you can show up and have the music thing be second nature and have the, you know, the being a friendly, good person be the only thing they're worried about and you're 
a nice person, you're probably going to be fine, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, you, like, you don't dress like an idiot, essentially. <laughs> right. Like, just dress. Yeah, and, like, really, and realize honestly, you should Maybe they're looking for a... So they're typecasting, right? So may, you may even be a nice mm -hmm. person, can play the upstrokes the right way, the pop parts, but... If yeah. you're too short, just like you said, or, you know, don't. don't yeah, you shouldn't beat yourself yeah. up over that stuff. Keep, you got to like, keep like you got to keep going after you got to have 10 more lined up the next week, you know. Exactly. And you shouldn't be sad if you don't get like I, I didn't audition for someone that I could tell I wasn't going to get because it required more like. It, of like an R&B, like hip hop-y kind of swaggy vibe, just personality-wise. Mm -hmm. Even though I like played the parts right, like I could tell that the managers were like, I don't think this guy's a good fit for this artist, this guy, this person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like even though I like whatever showed up and played everything perfect, it was like, is the artist going to want to hang out with this guy 23 hours a day or whatever, however many hours, like on plane rides yep, in yep. TSA, in a freaking black Escalade in New York, like that, you have to think about that stuff. Yeah. Like, it, it, like even, I don't know, like Zach Brown band, those guys are never going to hire me because I look like a kid and they probably don't want to hang out with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> even though I love their music, they're just like this kid. I'm just saying like, yep. that's like that's my example reality. of... That's just the reality. And it's totally fine. You know, honestly, you're probably going to get gigs that you want anyway. Like well, Zach Brown can call embracing. me. Zach Brown can call me. We probably exactly. You should be playing for Zach Brown, dude. <laughs> but like, you know, you're probably going to get the gigs that you want anyway, just embracing who you sure. are. And Absolutely. that's a whole nother thing. Just embrace who you are and love who you are. Like, and how much whatever. happier, I, how much happier are you with whatever gig you have at that point? And we're, and we're about to so much we're about to get into the cool gigs that you have, but right, 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 right. But yeah, I mean, like you know, people look at you and they like love your look or they love your style, and like that's the cool stuff. Like when you just try to be yourself, like whatever your leaning, like your tendencies are as a player or as a person, like you just kind of mm -hmm. embrace those and like I love these things about me, and I'm not gonna try to be something I'm not. I'm not gonna try to be this like manly country dude if i can't grow a beard and i don't like listening to country like <laughs> like why should i want to yeah. that gig yep. like it's silly so i don't know like i just kind of leaned into myself I, for sure and i just i definitely started liking the gigs that i got way more because the people like are happy to have me yeah you know and that's so fun yep like, yep why would you not want people that are stoked on the real you that's so cool yeah absolutely man no that's that's perfect so and speaking of cool gigs so as of right now you're still playing you're, you're playing for rachel uh jesse mccartney echo yep. smith um how'd you get those gigs can you walk us through kind of a timeline and what led to what led yeah, to yeah, what? yeah yeah mm -hmm. so going back the first one of those gigs um echo smith i got because my friend Josh Murdy, who I met in Atlanta in like 2011 or 12, moved out to LA and was playing, ended up getting that gig um, before me and had been playing with them for a year and a half. And once I moved to LA, he was like, dude, I'm trying to transition into producing and I feel like this would be the easiest, most like perfect gig for you. Let me just like, just go and nail this audition or whatever and the gig is yours. And I literally, that was from just living in Atlanta and, you know, like t 
I don't know, just trying to get better. And like, he always had, for whatever reason, some kind of like impression of me that was reliable. I don't know why, because like Josh is so much more, uh, I don't know, pro than I am. But like, for whatever reason, he was like, always just like, I don't know, giving, he he was always on my team, which is really cool. Uh, You know, like he always was like, dude, you're going to go far. Just like nail this thing, like really work on this, blah, blah, blah. And by the time I moved to LA, he basically like a year later, the gig was just like there, you know, it was crazy. Or I guess it's two years later. No. Yeah. It's two years, 2016, 2017, 2018 was when I started playing with them in January. So yeah, two years. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. Um, that's how I got that one. It was literally the easiest thing ever. I basically just (laughs) got a text from the manager and was like, he was like, Hey, can you learn these three songs and come to our house and play them in our living room? And I was like, sure. And then I had to like sing three part harmony on this one song. Cause one of their big singles has three part and like, I had to sing the high one. So I, wow. It was lucky that I had been singing kind of sure. like my whole, like kind of my whole life, just like whatever, just like kind of off hand, whether it would be like at church or like just for fun. I never sang in any of the wedding bands or anything like that. I probably should have been. So learn how to sing guys. That's a really big thing. If someone, if you can sing, you will get gigs over people that can't sing. But um, yeah, that was huge. Uh, that audition just like you know, set that in stone. I toured with them for a bunch of months. That was like the first real bus tour I'd ever done um, in 2018. So I did a bunch of, I, I think I did like two tours, two tours that year with them. It was like long tours. It was like six weeks and one of them was two months. So it was like a lot of the year I was gone on a bus with those people, which was really fun. And let's see, after that was... The Jesse one. Um, once I and the way I got that gig is because I went to this Nam Jam at this like taco dinner event thing that my friend Mason Stoops throws, and it was called the Gitaco Jam, <laughs> <laughs> guitar and taco jam. So basically, like it was like ten guitar players in a circle, and everyone just kind of like like traded off, just playing. Like everyone was kind of playing, just like vibey. Um, G, C, and D. I don't know how to describe. Well, <laughs> kind of stuff like that, man. Like honestly, it was like super simple. Um, I don't know, like Americana kind of music. Okay. And we were, and it, we were all just like jamming out on it. And the guitar player for the voice, his name's Dory Lobel. He was there, and we ended up talking, and we ended up hitting it off because he's into all the shred stuff. Like he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, Megadeth. I love Marty Friedman. Oh yeah, I love all the like these people. And we like hit it off because of the shred thing because I love that stuff, the eighties thing. Yeah. And he, we like kept in contact, and um, basically, I saw him again at a showcase in Nashville. I was playing with Echo Smith, and he heard me and my like with my Kemper and he was like, dude, you had the best tone of the evening. Like seriously, it was so good. And I was like, wow, that's insane that you're saying that, but cool. Thank you. Right. And, um, <laughs> he basically was like, listen, I, um, Jesse's going to be doing some touring and I need to stay home for the voice. And so I'm not going to be able to do it. And the other guitar player they use, this guy, Jocko, um, he's going out with Kelly Clarkson. So, um, we need you to play with, uh, Jesse. And I, I basically, 
like got the gig because I saw him again in Nashville, essentially. Yep. And I just kind of, I didn't even really audition for that one. It was just a people thing. You sure. know, it was like I knew I knew him and that was that essentially. They trusted Dory's judgment and I showed up and learned all the songs and had all my patches for my Kemper like pre-programmed for everything and just went into rehearsal day one and quote unquote nailed it, <laughs> you know, I guess. And actually, no, um, I actually did a fly date with Jesse first. I did a fly date with Jesse first and nailed that with no rehearsal. I did the whole show with no rehearsal, kind of like how Daniel said he did the, the Jonas Brothers show with no rehearsal, <laughs> uh, which is way cooler and way bigger. But like I did this like uh, show. With, I'm just kidding. You can cut out the way cooler thing. But, nope. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I he loved my playing and we got to hang out. So it was mainly like the vibe thing. Like Jesse and I had a really like good rapport and um yeah, playing on stage. It was just me and him. And I had to set up like this whole tracks rig because it was just a duo show and nothing went wrong somehow. <laughs> and, and literally, and literally I, um, you know, they called me to go on the, his, um, spring tour and I had to run tracks like, uh, you know, redundant rig and like this whole mm. thing and, and play guitar and, the only reason they trust me to do that is because I did well on this one super last minute fly date that I didn't have a rehearsal wow. for, which is insane. But um, yeah, that was really fun. And that was the one I got to do like the most shredding on, which I was pretty That's awesome. About. Yeah. Jesse's awesome. So what about the uh, Rachel Platten gig? Right. So Rachel Platten, um, I got that because I actually, one of my first auditions in LA was auditioning with a music director named Jonas Jalhay and I didn't get the gig and that was one apparently because I was too young looking or whatever I don't actually remember if I did a good job at that one but <laughs> um Jonas apparently remembered me and like you know followed me on Instagram and kind of kept in touch sure. and like kept my contact info and literally 2016 all the way to 2019 like 3 years go by until he he kind of like called me for a couple of gigs that I was like kind of busy for like I started playing with Echo Smith and I was going to be on the road so he had called me I don't even remember if he said the names of those ones but he was like hey what are you doing these dates and I was like I'm going to be on tour but basically it didn't line up until um I think it was February of 2019 he texted me it was like hey there's this Rachel tour they're going to be um like playing arenas, uh, opening for pentatonics. You get to play Madison Square Garden. And like, here's all the details. Are you available? And it's like, it was like a bunch. It was a long tour. I think it was like four months, like kind of broken up in the middle. It was almost four months. It was two months and then um, a month and a half. Okay. And it was like in the middle of the year and Echo Smith wasn't touring it all that year. And Jesse had just you know, finished his tour. So it was basically like wide open. It was perfect wow. timing for yeah. me. To, like I didn't even have to audition for it because he was just like, come into rehearsal, like have all these songs. Like you can use your Kemper. We love the Kemper stuff. And yeah, I just basically had to show up with all my stuff pre-programmed and it was done deal. <laughs> it was cool. Nice. Like it was crazy. I mean, like that was, but that was only because he knew of me from a prior audition that I did. And I didn't even have my, like, I didn't even have my Kemper then, you know, it was kind of like, 
you never know right? <laughs> what you're doing and you, you never know how it's going to affect the future. So like I had no clue that this audition that I totally did not nail and felt so weird about afterward, like affected this guy and had him like he had a good memory of me as a person or a player or whatever. And, you know, I kind of like he saw that I was still working. So it kind of like gave him the, I don't know, the trust in um, just like reaching out to me in the first place. You know what I mean? So I guess whatever, um, the only reason he reached out was because he did see that I was working because I made like little posts as I played with B yep, yep. Miller and I played with Madison and I played with Echo Smith and I would be like, hey, I'm working. Um, um, if you need me. <laughs> and you know that, yeah, yeah, exactly. For a good guitar like, player, hey, I'm not, call. Exactly. Well, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, it's basically like, hey, I'm not a crazy person because people are paying me to do this thing. Um, whatever. It's like that gives people like hope and validation that you're, uh, you know, someone worth calling or whatever. Sure. So, yeah, that was how I got that. And I don't know. I guess it's just keeps on snowballing um, just like that. You know, I don't even yep. have to like hustle necessarily nearly as hard. Although whatever I could be, but like now it's just kind of like, I'm pretty busy with, uh, all those gigs. Yeah. Like, no, that I, sounds like a full calendar. Enough. Yeah. It keeps me busy enough. Like it, you know, if they're all like touring at the same time, I'm just like busy or whatever. Yep. So, yep. How do you, how yeah, do you, that's kind of, how do you handle that? Like if, uh, I mean, I know a lot of you guys have talked about getting guys to fill in for you. Do you call in subs? Like if you can't make a Jesse date or, uh, does one take yeah. precedence over the other? How does that kind of work? Right. Well, I try to kind of, for me, this is like where it gets gray and like everyone handles things differently. You know, like I personally am more like whoever asks first and whoever I say yes to first, unless it's like, like if I have like one fly date with someone and then someone asks if I can do a tour that's like two months long, I have to like kind of whatever like little things I have, I have to kind of like take the tour as like the main thing because it's so much more money and um they people usually understand that as long as you cover them like you have to make sure that whoever is subbing for you who you need to find the sub you know you should find a sub or multiple subs for them they're someone that is as good if not better than you and going to make them super happy and like sure that they can like trust your judgment and all that stuff. Right. You want to make sure your, your people are taken care of. You don't want to leave people in a bind ever because I don't know. That's the most unpro thing that you can do is make them scramble sure. to find someone because then that makes them think that you're flaky because you are flaky. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and it's a little bit easier to get away with for folks coming from playing in the church world or who, who are used to that, that's a little bit easier to to bail and feel a little less guilty about. And you'll have your gig right. that, you know, you're still booked the next couple of weeks or whatever. Totally, totally. Although you do have to navigate that like gingerly as well. Oh, sure, you know, you sure, don't sure. Like, but not, not yeah, near you, as bad as, you know, in the church world, you kind of can leave it up to them to figure out if, if you can't make something or whatever. But in, exactly. In, in but yeah, LA, if it's a tour, it's so yeah. much different. Like, you know, it's one, like, Believe it or not, it's just hard to find people that are good. Is it? 
and a good hang. It is so hard. Do you like, hear that, and, listeners? And Do you hear that, listeners? Yeah, and what and what I mean <laughs> is like it's hard to like think about the qualifications I've talked about so far. It's like live music requires a certain look, a certain style when you play, and a certain like all these things. And like the people I'm thinking about subbing for me have to fit those criteria for each person. Like, sure, if I'm thinking about for Jesse, like I can't have my friend some. My friends that can't shred cannot sub for me on Jesse because he wants someone that can shred. Sure, sure. You know? And so I can't even think about calling them even if I love them as a person, but because they don't have that in their toolbox. Or if I, you know, like know that Rachel wants a certain like look and wants a certain like tone with her style. And like one, like you have to be able to play acoustic guitar. Like some people can't sure. play acoustic guitar very well. Like they don't have a good touch on acoustic. So it's like, I don't know. You just have to find people that fit the bill. And honestly, it's really hard. Like, you know, you think that pop music is easy, but because of all those nuances and those tone things and the gear thing, it's like, ah, oh, they need to have a Kemper. They need to be able to do like preset changes so that, you know, cause yeah. pop songs require like vastly different sounds for, from one song to another. From one part. In a song. Yeah. From one part or, to or another. Or even one part. Yeah. Like every single gig I do, I have with, well, the way I program it is I have like five sounds per song and I have never needed more than that. And I literally just like that gets me through songs and I can go from like verse to chorus, like volume change, reverb, delay time changes. The more do you like, use the more changes like a what? The morph feature on the Kemper. Do you use that? I have I have no idea what that oh, is. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll cover I have that in a no second. Clue. Yeah, yeah, morph, morph, whatever, cool. But yeah, anyways, like, you know, like you need to know like that certain gigs and certain things require like different skill sets. And most people, everyone comes from different backgrounds. And so it's like, it's honestly hard to find people that, you know, like get it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard. So I only have like, I don't know, like not even 10 people that I would like want to sub for me for gigs. Can you like, it's a very small list. Outside of just the skill-related things, like people need to shred to be able to play for Jesse, what is right. what is the and, and maybe you, can I'm going to challenge you? Can you put your finger on what it is, or how do you attain whatever it is that you have to have? What is it? Wow. Well, I mean, I think it is different for every single gig. Okay, for sure. You know, so like I, there's no, the it factor that is required to play with or in a band that is R&B vibe, I don't have that it. So I will not get those gigs and I need to accept that yep. because I don't, I have not put in the time in that style of music and I don't listen to that style of music and I don't hang out with people that listen to that style of music. So it's like <laughs> all of the, all of those three things are like, like huge, you know, yeah. like, like, why do you think you're going to fit in with these people that you have to hang out with every day, all day and play this particular style of music? One, you shouldn't feel bad. Like you should like take stock of who you are and be like, absolutely what tendency, like you, what tendencies do I have and what strengths do I have? And I should lean into those because they're probably what I like to do anyway. Absolutely. And the, actually they're definitely what you like to do anyway, because you can't help it. And so it's like, I don't know. 
for for pop music it's it's easier for me to define it's like i don't know being able to play parts like consistently having a good grasp on like tone of how to achieve the sound of a record um that a producer like sends you the stems for that could be a huge thing um being able to learn parts exactly as they are like not just kinda not and also not half-assing stuff. i'm the like, king of that not i'm the king of that <laughs> <laughs> i mean like sometimes it's fun that's so sometimes it's fun but like when it comes to like being pro yes, like it literally absolutely is like they if you show up and you're not playing the thing that they sent you they're like what the fuck <laughs> like why why did i give you two weeks to practice this thing and you show up and you can't do it yeah you know it's like that's insane and sometimes Sometimes they don't give you two weeks to practice it. Sometimes right. they send it to you like day of, or they literally sh- play it for you over the loudspeakers at <laughs> rehearsal. And you have to literally chart the song in rehearsal because the artist wants to do something last minute. Like literally you have to have all this stuff in your back pocket or else it's going to be pretty tough to, uh, to swim in these situations, you know? Yeah, man. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, like that's in my experience, that stuff has been super helpful but i don't know whatever the it factor is different for everyone you know like john mayer his it factor is different than d'angelo's it factor sure and you know like and celine dion's it factor like everyone's is <laughs> no different, those are yeah you know? that's, and like, that's great no that, that's great and it's great for folks that are out there uh you know i'm hoping that we got listeners in the in nashville that know what's going on but i hope we got folks in you know Omaha or Idaho or somewhere that are just like, man, would I even make it there? You know, I don't have what Mm -hmm. they're looking for, what I, you know, what you think they're looking for, but it's really, there's opportunities out there for everybody. And it's just a matter of finding the, the it factors that you match with, right. Or the folks looking for your it factor, you got to understand what your own it factor is. Right. So there's that self, that's the self-awareness. Yeah. We talk about Mm -hmm. self-awareness on this podcast a lot. And it's a big thing in the business world. It's it's why folks that are successful in business are successful because they know what they're good at and they know what they're not good at. And they don't do what they're not good Precisely. at. Precisely. <laughs> they exactly. don't waste time yeah. doing what they're not good at. But but to you know, once you figure out what your it factor is, you've got to increase the number of at bats you get. You gotta get out there and meet all the folks. You gotta take all the and this is just stuff I'm hearing from your story. You gotta take all the gigs, no matter what they are. Um, totally you know and go out and take the initiative to find so that's another thing that's incredible you moved to la and you found the places to go play and you went there and played man and that's yeah you know exactly um i don't think a lot of people out there would be able to do that right right well i mean like i kind of there were a couple of things like i moved out here and i was like i'm not gonna play wedding bands so i'm not even gonna not even gonna dip my toe in that world because i just was so like that is not i don't want to lose focus so like I literally was like, I'm going to drive Uber instead of play gigs that are not like touring gigs. That's what I told myself. I'm like, I'm not going to like divert focus and start teaching lessons and start like putting myself as this guitar player. I want to only think of myself as a touring guitar player that plays this music and at this level, not with these wedding band people who are like, whatever, like I, whatever, not that wedding bands are bad, but like I had already done that and I didn't want to divert focus. You know what I mean? Like that was the main thing. Um, and so I was literally like, when I'm, if you need to do something to get by, just do it. Like, don't feel shame about it, but like you should be super focused and super aware of like what you want 
to do and not let any, I don't know, like don't settle for anything less than that. Good. But you got to know what that is going out there. So that's something to be said for folks thinking maybe Mm -hmm. of making the jump. Uh, Because there's a ton of other people making that same jump, right? It's a big pond. Totally. You know, little fish, big pond. Yeah. And you know, have a vision so you can cut through. Yes. Yes. Totally. And you also have to see that what you do is there. Like the only thing there, pop is not the only thing happening in LA. There's so much stuff happening in LA. Like, so if you play rock music, there is rock, cool rock music happening here. Like you, if you just like do some research, like where are my favorite bands located? You know, what producer, like if you want to be a session musician, you're like, where are my favorite producers? Like, where are those sounds coming from? Are they coming from New York? Are they coming from London? Are they coming from Nashville? Whatever. Like, you need to see that what you do is in the city that you want to move to. Um, And, you know, like I didn't move to Nashville because I literally don't know a lick of country at all. (laughs) And I, even though there's a lot more going on in Nashville than country, there's a lot of pop and all that stuff. I just knew that my vibe was going to be way better in LA because one, I grew up in California. Like, sure. It's just like, you knew you could survive. You know, I'm yeah. <laughs> one, I knew my parents are here. Yeah. That's huge. But also like, I just know the vibe of California. Like I'm comfortable with it and I love it. You yeah. know, it de- like the traffic doesn't stress me out. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. You just got to kind of see where where you fit and where you fit without having to try so hard just to fit in. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like you just want it to be natural. Like no one wants to see you like struggle to be something that you're not like, that's so weird and bad. Sure. (laughs) Like it sucks. Absolutely, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, dude, it's late over here on the right coast. Yeah. 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 Um, And this has been an incredible conversation, dude. I've loved catching up with you. Um, oh dude yeah it's been so fun and i got a bunch of notes we're gonna catch up on more stuff uh have some extras on the site have more episodes with jacob evergreen my birthday buddy yeah thanks so much dude of course bro anytime Hey, and thanks for listening to the Tour Bus Podcast, a platform built by working musicians and producers to help you get more auditions, more gigs, and more of what you want. I'm Jay, the Tour Bus Driver. If you like what you hear, you can do a couple things. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us online and like us wherever you do your social media. If you have any comments or questions, you can go to thetourbuspodcast.com slash tipjar and leave us a comment or question, or you can email tipjar at thetourbuspodcast.com. Theme music provided by The Rock and at Philly Stacks.